This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. But we want to see what the Bible says about God's grace. God's grace. I sang that song, Amazing Grace. We all know that song so very well, but it's amazing that many people don't recognize the grace of God. They don't, they won't, maybe they don't comprehend it sometimes. And maybe we as Christians don't even think about the grace of God, but it is so very important. And I think that uh, speaking of grace, there, there are many people that need to see the grace of God. Uh, John was driving late, home late one night and he picked up a hitchhiker. And as they rode along, he became very suspicious of his passenger. He checked his wallet that was in his side pocket in his coat. It was laying across the seat between them. And he checked that for that wallet and realized that it was missing. He slammed on brakes. He told that hitchhiker, you get out of this car right now and hand over this wallet immediately. The frightened hitchhiker handed over a billfold and John drove off. When he arrived at home, he started to tell his wife about the experience. And as he was starting to tell her, she interrupted him and said, before I forget, John, did you know you left your wallet at home this morning? Everybody needs a little grace, amen? So we tonight want to look at this word grace and see what God's word says about it. The word grace is not used as much these days as it has been in the past. And I think, as I said earlier, there are a lot of people that really don't realize they're experiencing God's grace. But when needed, grace is one of the most important gifts that anyone could receive. And I want to use that word grace to say tonight, it's, it's God's help to us. It's His grace to us. And many times we need that grace. Grace is a gift from God, no doubt. And we constantly need to get through it. Uh, on this earth, we need God's grace. You know, uh, even though we may not always recognize its presence in our life, His grace is, is an added blessing to the child of God. And I believe that as you go through this lifetime, and you have already realized this many times, that if it wasn't for God's grace, where would we be? Where would we be? No telling. Webster defines grace as the free, unmerited love and favor of God. I believe I put that uh, statement in your outline. It's, it didn't cost you and I a thing, but it cost the Lord Jesus everything. And it's unmerited. It's a favor of God. He didn't have to give us that grace, but he did. And this undeserved gift from God, uh, if we didn't have it, I believe we'd be very miserable people. But I want to look at some things about the word grace and realize what it does for us, what kind of condition we are in because of God's grace. And I think the sad part about it is too many people are missing God's grace in their life. They're missing that. But let's look at some quick points tonight 
and uh, we'll try to get through these as quickly as possible. I believe we'll be able to make it through there. But number one is we can only have God's grace because of Jesus, only because of him. We cannot receive God's grace because of anything that we can do to merit that. We can't get God's grace by working on it. We can pay for it. We can't do any of those things. We can't, we can't inherit that from any other person. But we can only receive it because of Jesus and what he's done. A lot of people think that the good works and deeds that they do merit God's grace. I've often heard people say to me, well, you know, I, I really tried to do some good things in this life and treat people right. And I, I kind of just think that God will look down on me and smile on me and, and give me his grace because I do that. But they're not really realizing to really have God's grace, we have to be a part of the family of God. And the only way we can do that is by accepting Christ as our Savior. Now, how does the Word of God put it? John 1, 17 is our first verse tonight. John 1, 17, for the law was given by Moses. We know that when we read the Old Testament. But the little word says, but grace and truth came how? By Jesus Christ. So that grace could only come from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Romans 3.24, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in who? Christ Jesus. So when we read scriptures like that, we, we have no doubt where that grace comes from and how to get it. One more scripture is 2 Corinthians 8.9. And many of you know this verse. You've read this verse many times. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes or your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we should know that. As children of God, we should recognize that that what Christ did for us and that we needed a Savior. We were poor, and yet through that poverty, we are rich in Christ Jesus. And that's wonderful to know, that grace of our Lord. Number two, it is God's undeserved merit or His grace to us that any of us can be saved. That any of us can be saved. Acts fifteen eleven. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Aren't you thankful for the day that you got saved? And God spared your life up to that time when you had that opportunity to call on him. And then he continues to show you that grace after you're saved as well. Titus 3, 7, that being justified by his grace... We should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So that, that justification only takes place by his grace. I'm thankful that I'm heirs and joint heirs with Christ. Now, Ephesians 2, 
And a couple of verses here, starting at verse number five. Even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. And then we have that little phrase in there, but in the, in the parentheses, for by grace you are saved. Don't ever forget that. And hath raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved. How? Through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. I tell you, God gives out some great gifts, doesn't he? And that gift of grace is something that we should cherish and be so thankful for every day. And it's because of Christ Jesus. Number three, a saved person can have access to God's grace. A saved person, Romans 5, 2, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. You know, I, I think about many things that we face in this life. And it's only by the grace of God, when you look back at it many times, it's by the grace of God that you were able to get through those things and that nothing worse happened to you by the grace of God. I think that we realize when we come to him in prayer, that's access to his grace. We ought to thank him for his grace and we ought to pray that he gives us grace many times when we're getting ready to face certain things in life and he will do that. Number four, grace is a free gift from God. Romans 12, 3, For I say that through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. You see, because it is grace given to us, then we should be thankful for it in that respect that, hey, you know what, it's nothing I could do to earn it. Nothing I can do to afford it, but it's been given to me and it's, and it's freely given to us. And yet many people don't take advantage of God's grace and realize what it means to have it in your life. Ephesians 4, 7, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So I'm so thankful he looks down to you and me and says, hey, that person, and maybe this one needs a lot more grace than this one over here. Maybe this one's going through a lot of other things that you are not going to face. But I'm thankful to every one of us. He has given that grace, that gift of grace. Number five, God's grace is still available. And many people don't realize this when we are involved in sin. Fortunately for us, because of God's grace, we don't always get what we deserve. Amen? <laughs> I mean, we can look back at some things and choices we made in life and some things that we decided to do, and I'm so thankful that we didn't get what we deserved. But because of God's grace, he brought us through that and helped us get over that. Romans 5.20, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. 
But where sin abound, look at that, grace did much more abound. You see, there's a lot of offenses that we can commit, a lot of things that we can do wrong. But where that sin is at, I'm so thankful that grace did much more abound, even over top of that situation and that sin. So just because we are not chastised by God every time we sin, does that give us an opportunity to say, hey, we can sin whenever we want to? No. We as children of God, we in the back of our minds, we, we know that God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is going to be there. But that shouldn't tell us, hey, because of that, I can go ahead here and do anything that I want to whenever I want to. Of course, as a child of God, we shouldn't want to do that anyway. We should have a desire to serve Him and live for Him and love Him. But we need to realize that even though we're not chastised every time we sin, I believe the Holy Spirit will convict us of that sin, but I don't know how what kind of time period may be in between there, but in that time period, God's grace is there. God's grace is there to help us whenever we want. So that doesn't give us a an opportunity to go ahead and try to try to test God's grace, if you will, but realize, hey, thank the Lord for your grace. Now I might have messed up back here, but I thank the Lord you still love me, and I can ask forgiveness for that. And your grace has brought me through that situation. Number six, it is his grace that often spares us what we deserve. That kind of goes hand in hand with, with the other point, number five. But Romans 6, 1 and 2, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And look at that. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin, live any longer therein. So we, we shouldn't say, hey, you know, because of God's grace, we're just going to continue going on down the wrong path. We're going to just continue to live however we want to live, making whatever decisions we want to make without asking the Lord. God forbid that we try to live our lives like that. Romans 6.14, For sin shall, have, shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. So don't let the devil say, hey, you know what? You're going to always sin. You're going to always have, have problems. You're going to always, you can't live for God. You can't do what God wants you to do. Don't let him tell you that. Yes, we, we may sin. We may fall. We may do some things that, are, that we shouldn't do. But I'm so thankful that sin doesn't have dominion over us. Christ took care of that on the cross. And what he did is he knows we're living in a world of sin all around us that could have some effect on us. But I'm so thankful that we are not under the law, but we are under grace. Now, Romans 6, 15 uh, and through 17, what, what then? Shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace, God forbid. Now, notice this. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience 
unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. What a difference it makes when we have obeyed from the heart. You see, that, that's kind of what the Holy Spirit does to us. It helps us, leads us, guides us, because, yeah, we can yield our members and our servants and our, our body and things to things that are wrong. We can, we can yield to that. We can get caught up in the temptation. We can get caught up in those things. But he says, you know what? Let's don't keep going down that road. Thank God that we were the servants of sin. You can remember before you got saved how it, it didn't, you didn't have a conscience about sinning because you were just doing whatever you wanted to do. But when we got saved, we became new creatures in Christ and all things are being made new. And as they're being made new in your life, we change the direction from where we're serving sin to we're serving God. And we're, what are we doing? We are obeying from the heart. You see, when God comes in, He changes our heart. When we give Him our heart, He, he changes that. And what a difference it will make. Number seven, we are no longer held to obey God's Old Testament laws. Thank the Lord for that. We, we have earned his favor, Romans eleven six, And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Isn't it amazing today that people that are still trying to work their way into God's heaven, if they can just continue to do enough work, then God will smile down on them. That's not what the Bible says. If it is by grace, no more of works. Now, don't get me wrong. As a child of God, just like I talked about yielding your members, as a child of God, we will want to work for Christ. We'll look for opportunities to do things for Christ. We'll reach out to people. We'll, we'll bring them to church. We'll invite them to church. We'll tell them about the Bible. We'll read scripture to them. We'll do all kinds of things to show God's love. But none of those things are we thinking, well, this is, this is stacking up for me to get into heaven. Because that's not what the, that's not what the deal is. Now, as a Christian, if we've done those works for Christ, they will count will be rewarded for those things. But there's a lot of people who think that they're going to have a whole pile of works of things they've done on this earth, and none of it was for Christ. It was all for someone else or for themselves, and it won't last. Number eight, one can lose God's grace. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about your salvation. Galatians 5.4, Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. So Paul was actually addressing saved people here. And what were they doing? They were trying to go back and obey the Old Testament law. And Paul says, that's not what you, you're to do here. But 
He's, he's also not saying you can lose your salvation because you can't, you can't lose your salvation. Just like the message the pastor just preached. But there are a lot of people who try to realize, go back and do the other things that are, that are not pertaining to the time we live in today and what the Lord wants us to do. And it's a shame that they get caught up in those things. Number nine, if we are anything, we are what we are because of the God's grace. God's grace. You know, we, we can walk around and pat ourselves on the back and say, boy, look at me and what I've done, what I can do. Or either we can give God the glory and say, you know what, I'm, I'm alive and still able to do something because of God's grace and give him the glory for it. 1 Corinthians 15.10, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. You know, we, we can look around and sometimes and think, well, you know, I, I do a whole lot more than this one over here does, and I do a whole lot more than that one does, and, and so I, I should be pretty important, and, and people should be thanking me for that. No, if you're doing a lot more than they are, then thank God you have the ability to do that. Thank Him for the talent to do that. There will come a day when we won't be able to do those things, and someone else will take up the slack. But it's by God's grace that we're able to do those things. We are what we are. Number 10, God's grace will meet all of one's needs and help one through some difficult times. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. That all is used a lot of times in that verse, isn't it? And I think it's very important that we remember that because it doesn't matter what you're facing in life, God's able. He's able to make all grace abound and be sufficient for everything that you're facing. You know, sometimes we look at situations and think, well, they're so big and they're so great and they're so vast, and I, I just don't know whether God can help me through this. But all things, the Bible says. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest in me. You know, that verse is a hard one to say sometimes. Because we may be facing something and been praying, Lord, I need you to take care of that. I need you to remove that like Paul prayed. And yet the answer comes back, no, I'm not going to do that right now, but I will tell you this, I'll still bestow my grace upon you and it will be sufficient for thee. So in those times when we feel like we didn't get an answer like we wanted from the Lord, Let's realize, hey, it's in his strength is made perfect in weakness. And man, when we turn that thing around and stop complaining and start saying, thank you, Lord, for my life. 
Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me in the past. Thank you, Lord. I believe you're still going to do some great things. That's glorying in the infirmities. That's not waiting till after we got the answer we wanted. But while we're going through that, we stop and give God the glory. I think the Bible says that the power of Christ may rest in me. I tell you, when you got the power of Christ in you, you've got all that you need. Number 11, grace is a gift we should desire for everyone to have. You know, many times, if you go back and look in the Old Testament, I could have given you many scriptures tonight, but they were just little short scriptures, but a lot of them had to do just like Romans 16, 24 says, when they would start a chapter or end a chapter, many times they would say, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. So they were wishing and praying that God's grace would be upon whoever they were writing to. What a great way to end a letter to a person. 2 Corinthians 9, 14, And by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God to be in you. And then number 12, we, en- we can enjoy God's grace. And I think that that gives us a, a good reason to have mercy on other people and to extend that grace to them. You know, many times that can be a hard thing to extend grace to someone that has not done you like you wanted to be treated or said something that, to you that really upset you. And yet, are you able to extend God's grace to them? That's a hard thing sometimes. But then we got to step back and say, you know what? I didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve God's grace. And God extended it to me. So I'm going to extend it to them. And by doing that, you may turn that whole situation around. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use and the edifying, that it may minister what? Grace unto the hearers. Isn't that amazing? Because of the, the, the words that we choose to use, the attitude that we choose to have, that and can, can uh, help that grace be ministered to that person. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another, psalms and hymns and spiritual song, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Singing with that attitude that you're going to show them what Christ has showed you, God's grace. You know, the thing is this, some people foolishly never give God's grace a moment's thought. Maybe they're saying, I can do just fine without God's grace. (laughs) And before they even think such thoughts, how about when it comes time where you suffer a loss of a loved one in your family? I can never think of such a time that's needed God's grace is needed at that particular time. You're standing next to that coffin and you're saying, I need God's grace and help to get me through it. And I've seen him do it over and over again, only by the grace of God. But the thing is this, we shouldn't wait till a difficult time comes in our life before we realize God's grace is sufficient for us.
Many times people wait till confusion comes in their lives, indecision comes in their life, things that they have no idea what they're going to do, and they throw their hands up and say, oh no, I'll never make it. When they could stop and say, no, I need God's grace. I need his help in my life. Get through this difficult time. You see, grace means undeserved kindness. And that's what God gives us. D.L. Moody said, it is a gift of God to man. The moment he sees, he is unworthy of God's favor. When we realize that, we're unworthy, but yet God's given us his grace. Are you thankful for God's grace? Amen. That's what the Bible says about God's grace. God bless you. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.